This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and supporting listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click Donate, or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter today. Ha-cha! Yes? Ho, ho, ha, ha! Remember me, old chum? Jolly devil. Welcome to Gen Cover to Cover for Saturday, June 20... Damn, June, July 25th. My name is Matt Bob. My name is Joe Patrick. I'm from the internet. Here's how it works. Every Saturday morning at 10.30ish, Matt and I go live on our Facebook page to rap about the week's nerd news, and then we open the phone lines at 11 for you nerds to play along. And there's no Comic-Con at home crap going on right now, so you have no other excuse, and there's nothing else to watch. Got it? You can call us at 402-819-4894, or you can click our Facebook Call Now button on our Facebook page where we are hosting this live. You can also chat with us there, too. Get in there. Maybe you're afraid to call. You know, that's fine. Chat at us. We love it. You can also send us an MP3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com if you can't be here live, or you can always leave a voicemail on the THN hotline as well, because after we get done taking live calls and talking with you nerds, we go off and we look at the voicemails and we talk to those who couldn't be here in time. Everyone is included. We're fully inclusional, unlike some other people we're going to talk about shortly. But... Joe Patrick, before we get started here, I need you to set us up with some nerd news. Uh, so yeah, I've been looking at this Comic Con from Home stuff, and there have been some things, uh, you know, some yeah. videos and pant and whatnot. But literally, the only thing I saw come out of it uh, is the Hellstrom trailer. <laughs> Okay. There's Which a- seemed to have nothing at all to do with Marvel Comics. Yeah. Uh, there isn't, there hasn't been a lot of comic book stuff yet, but today is I like. I mean, it was only Friday. Right, so. right, right. Today is like the Marvel, uh, what's like, what's next or whatever their big panel is called. I can't remember. Yeah. Next big thing. Next big thing. Yeah. They're talking X of Swords and they're talking Empire and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Yep. Sunday is the big DC panel, I believe. Image has a panel today where they're talking about Donnie Kate's big crossover thing. That's literally called crossover. Yeah, but I don't think it's actually a crossover. I think it's just the name of his. No, book. it's just the name of the book. It's it's just literally called <laughs> crossover. So, but but it's like something where the reality gets pushed into a universe of different fictional genres, and that therein yeah. lies the crossover. I, I think uh, crossover. Is this the one that is kind of the sequel to God Country? I don't think so. I think this or is it takes place in the same world as God Country. I think this is something different. That may have been a different book. Yeah, I think it's something different. Oh, congratulations to all last night's Eisner winners, though. That was awesome. Heck yeah, heck yeah. I watched the Eisners. It was um it was long. <laughs> I'll say that. They always are, <laughs> it man. It was long. Uh, and I, I bet it only felt longer, like on video in front of a non-studio audience. Yeah, yeah. I they I think, first of all, they need to put on a little more of a show. And if you're going to do this on video only, come on, guys. I know you don't have like hundreds of thousands of dollars, but you got SDCC behind you. They've got some cash. Let's let's up this quality just a little bit. What do you say? Like former former DC sales president Bob Wayne (laughs) (laughs) zoomed in in his jorts to give away an award for. 
Best whatever. And I was like, shh, Bob Wayne's talking. Like, Sweetie, not now. It's Bob Wayne. <laughs> well, we'll pa- I'll parse through all of that stuff from the weekend. Uh, and if there's anything interesting to talk about, we'll talk about it next week. Most definitely. This week, we're going to talk about Keanu coming to comics. Keanu. Fan favorite actor and fan favorite all around human being Keanu Reeves is adding the title of comics book writer to his resume with the announcement of Berserker. You have to say it like that because there are no vowels. Berserker. Berserker. Uh, it, it debuts in October. It's a 12 issue limited series from Boom Studios, co written by Matt Kent and illustrated by Alessandro Viti. It's described by USA Today as action packed and hyper violent. Two things we both really love. I hope that Matt Kent is being like a total like name dropper about this whole thing. Like he's like, oh, yeah, I was just talking to my friend Keanu Reeves uh, the yeah. other day. And you should have heard what Keanu <laughs> had to say. Oh, yeah. We had like a Zoom lunch, me and Keanu Reeves. It was so great. Uh, anyway, what were you talking about? <laughs> Jesus, Matt, we get it. All right. God. <laughs> uh, they're describing it as a uh, sort of reverse, uh, a Jason born in reverse meets Highlander. Uh, the story of a warrior who looks a lot like a certain beloved actor and has walked a blood soaked path across the world for centuries. In the present day, the berserker is hiding in the U.S. and does dangerous jobs for the government in exchange for the truth about his existence. In the end, we find out he's John Wick. Right. I hope that's tie it all in outcome. <laughs> yeah. Turns out it's John wick. <laughs> uh, da-ga, 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 da. Here's a little bit more. Uh, the character was born 80,000 years ago. He's half man, half God. His father's the God of war. It's a little fantasy, a little bit reality. It sounds fun. And he says, you know, if it leads to some sort of film project, he hopes he gets to play him. <laughs> well, Netflix like already has like a first look at this, whatever that means. So they threw some money in it and said, well, Keanu's doing a comic book. He's hot right now. Everybody's excited about Bill and Ted. Speaking of which, we've got a new Bill and Ted trailer. Looks fantastic. Cannot wait. Looks totally idiotic. And I am so excited. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it should be. So makes sense. And I mean, you look at the success of the John Wick movies. There's no reason why this couldn't go straight to Netflix and explode. I hope he gets to do it personally, because it seems kind of silly that they're going to they are drawing his likeness full on. It is him. No question. Put me in the comic book. And a lot of times we bag on that when an artist is like using celebrity faces or whatnot, or even doing an adaptation of characters from television or movie and just like directly using their faces here. We need it. You need it because this is Keanu Reeves. And here is my favorite piece from the USA Today article. Uh, Keanu, my close personal friend, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Closes by saying, this is not a drill zerker. <laughs> what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> Keanu, uh, he, he's a nerd though. He talked to USA Today and he said that like back in the day, he was into Richie Rich. He read the fabulous furry Freak Brothers, which doesn't which, seem age How does a kid get his hands on Richie Rich and the Freak Brothers? Well, when you're nine or 10 and you're growing up in some weird Hollywood commune, who knows? He loved Ghost yeah. Rider. He loved Batman. I mean, so yeah, he's a nerd. He's heavy into this stuff. This is going to be fun. It's coming from Boom Studios, cool studio. I can't wait to read it, and then I hope to get to watch it on Netflix. Well, and you know what? Even when even w- when you get that initial like, ooh, celebrity writer, ooh, yeah, that Matt can- Kent, man, Matt Kent, right? I don't have a problem like when they say, yeah, Keanu Reeves is co-writing this with Matt Kent. 
who is super talented, crazy That's all talented. I really needed to hear. Yeah, and fine, good. So I'm going to rein him in a little bit so we don't end up with, uh, like, William Shatner's tech world or something. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <You know>? Why? <laughs> <laughs> don't at me, tech world fans. I don't hear it, okay? In other news, and kind of sad news, of uh, the passing of a legendary. He's not passing, but Chris Ryall is leaving IDW. <laughs> R.I.P. Chris Ryan. <laughs> he announced he is stepping down from his role as IDW's publishing president, publisher, chief creative officer. I would quit if I had that many jobs, too. That's stupid. To work for a new, as of yet, unnamed company developing some of the creator-owned projects he published while at IDW. So, so he's taking his own toys and making yeah, his own company. Start an imprint, more or less. Leaving to start his own imprint. And I think that makes sense. It seems like IDW is leaning. Well, it's only an it's only an imprint if you're publishing it through somebody else's company. Yeah, I guess, but they they kind of make it sound like he's going to be still pretty connected with some stuff at IDW. So I wonder a little bit: is it going to be 100 separate? Do we know that he's going to work for an as yet unnamed company? I mean, so, I get yeah, it. Yeah, that's a different company. Fair enough. I, I, fair enough. He's still going to work with IDW on certain projects like the uh, lock and key stuff. And he's still working with Netflix on the lock and key show. So he's not a hundred percent gone, but I, he's going to have uh, what they are calling an advisory role. Right. Which is cool. Cause he's he obviously good terms. He's a good guy. He really shepherded that company. It does seem like, in the past, I'm going to say five, 10 years, they have moved way more into licensed comic books, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Transformers, stuff, like, even like the young Star Wars, you know, or YA Star Wars and YA Marvel stuff. I think they- Mama Mama Mask. Yeah, Mama Mama Mask, for example. G.I. Joe, they know where their bread is buttered and maybe this is a cool way for them to take those properties that were at IDW that maybe were getting overshadowed by some of those bigger books and say, okay, let's move them to a new company. Chris, take it. It's yours. It's creator own stuff. You know, these guys, let's give them their own spotlight over there. Go for it. I think it's very cool. He's obviously a smart guy that started IDW in a time when comics were not exactly still flying off the shelves and made it a successful company. So he knows what he's doing. He is in really good with guys like Ashley Wood, Drew Moss, Ben Templesmith, Sam Keith, Gabriel Rodriguez. I mean, <laughs> so he knows yeah. peeps. People like him. They want to work with him. I think it's great, good for him. I'm sorry to see him leave IDW, but I do think IDW maybe is not the company he started anymore, and he kind of realizes that. I love it when you come up with ulterior motives for decisions people make. Well, I'm not saying it's like a bad thing, or but you. He's I the think, one that's responsible for all of this stuff happening at IDW. I get that, but he's obviously more interested in the creator-owned stuff, so he's leaving. Would you agree with that? He wants to. Or do you he think wants he, to be? <laughs> he wants to move more towards the creative side, yeah. which is something that he's not always been able to focus on. Which is awesome. That's all I'm saying there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think this is good for him. Um, IDW has already named a bunch of executive replacements, uh, none of which you have heard of. Uh, so I didn't bother writing their names down. But uh, yeah, you know, I think the company's going to be fine. I think Ryle's going to be fine. He's obviously got a lot of great contacts in the industry. People like working with him. Yeah. Good for the good. Good for this dude. Definitely. Um, there was the name Syzygy was kicked around a little bit, which was like 
an imprint thing that him and uh, Ashley Wood messed around with that's been around for quite a while. So I don't know. My money's on the name Syzygy. That's my guess. Yuck. Yuck. Do you know what a Syzygy is? <laughs> it's a collection of like universe or like galaxies. Oh. Yeah, ooh. that's a Syzygy. There you go. Wowie zowie. Yeah. Now let's get to the lighthearted news. The fun stuff. Great. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Great. Ugh. According to Comicsgate leader slash spokesperson Ethan Vanskyver, Dynamite Entertainment CEO Nick Barucci has been secretly working alongside the group, criticized by many as an online harassment campaign. This is from the under the This is from Sorry. the under the bus desk here. <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, it is a hate group. Let's not yeah. mix words here. First and foremost, this decision apparently urged Van Skyver to break his silence as to the extent of Barucci's support up to this point. Uh, this news came just a day after multiple artists and writers, including Mark Russell, Carla Pacheco, and Gail Simone, denounced Dynamite for working alongside Comicsgate. There's also now talk, and I don't know how serious it is, but some of the licensed properties are also saying, well, we don't want to be aligned with this. Yeah, like the um, the King uh, King features, like the, the Flash Gordon and whatnot. Right. Like they're like hell no, you want you want these guys come at us. Uh, so if you are lucky enough, like Jay Lee apparently, uh, who did a couple of covers for him, uh, to not be on Twitter and not know what Comicsgate is, Comicsgate is a hate campaign organized to combat what supporters view as quote forced diversity in the comic book industry. <laughs> Which I just love, I mean, like forced diversity. It's such. Anything, any group that you're in, if one of your problems is forced diversity, good chance you're a hate group. Uh, (laughs) They have preached that their mindset is about giving fans what they want in comics by making better books. However, the group has come under fire for multiple harassment campaigns against marginalized creators associating with the alt-right, exorbitant prices for their individual books, and failure to deliver crowdfunded projects on time. Uh, on Sunday, as I said, top Dynamite talent, including Mark Russell, announced that they were ending their relationship with the company following their public support of Comicsgate properties on variant covers for Dynamite Comics. Uh, Dynamite did like, oh, we'll cancel the project. We didn't realize people were upset about it. Well, specifically, no, no, no. Barucci came out and this said, has been going on and, for years. And he acted like he was like, what? I, what is this comics? What? I didn't even know. Oh, if people are upset, of course. No. Yeah, that we're we're stopping that. Don't worry. Anyway, back to business, guys. Right. Everything's cool. No, Nick. No, it's not. <laughs> There is right. so much going on here in this story. Van Skyver revealed on his live stream that Barucci initially reached out to him as a friend. Now, l- real quick here. I am not going to say that Ethan Van Skyver is a, your pillar of truth and we should take every word that he's saying is absolutely true here. But I will say he is mad at Barucci and he's outing him for this. And I don't think he would be this upset if this shit wasn't true. That Barucci was- Oh, I believe it 100%. Yeah, was helping him, did say like, hey man, and maybe it started as a friendly, maybe it did start as a friend thing because Ethan Van Skyver's been wackadoo for a long fucking time. We all have crazy friends that say crazy shit and I get it. Sometimes you have to distance ourselves from them. Sometimes you want to help them. Maybe he's even worried. It started with him being worried about his mental health, but it went 
way past that. He donated money to a Comicsgate auction. I mean, he was throwing money at these other guys to do covers, people that were literally kicked out of their jobs for their stances on things, things they said to fans, things they yeah, for said- for harassing fellow creators. doxing people. I mean, straight up hate group work. There's a reason why these people are being marginalized and it's not censorship. They're bad people with bad ideas. And you have one group, somebody put up a tweet the other day that I saw that just made- perfect sense. And it said, quote, Comicsgate is a hate group. Or it says me, Comicsgate is a hate group. And then it said, Comicsgate, fuck you, you cuck jackass, you know, like gay wad, whatever. <laughs> like, and it's absolutely true. If you point a finger at someone and say, hey man, it sure sounds like you're in a hate group. And then you're assaulted by people calling you a beta cuck and making fun of your race, religion, sex, you know, whatever. You're being yeah. attacked by a hate group. There's giving no the entire internet your home address. Right. You know, I mean, like Van Skyver said, Berushi became friends with Comicsgate personalities, including donating on live streams. All right. So this goes beyond feeling bad for a buddy and shared his impression that the Dynamite CEO agreed with a lot of what we have to say. Van Skyver admits Berucci made a really big mistake by sending him a donation during a Comicsgate auction further revealing the pair's relationship. They were also together as recently as last Friday when the backlash against Dynamite began. In the same live stream, Van Skyver accused Barucci of not having the fortitude to be Comicsgate. So, look, do I agree with anything Comicsgate does? No. I will give Ethan Van Skyver mad props for being exactly who we think he is, saying exactly what he thinks so we know what side he's on. Nick Barucci, on the other hand, is a coward. Nick Barucci needs to be fired. He needs to be fired from Dynamite because not, and I don't care about his beliefs and shit like that, but he is a fundamental danger to the success of everything at that company by doing this. Uh, you know, I'm just, I, I Nick Barucci is the founder of dynamite. It's his company. So I would be perfectly fine. If every licensed property that that company has took a walk and it went away forever. Cause right. I'm done with them. I mean, re regardless of your beliefs, don't get me wrong. These people are wrong. They're bad. They're wrong. Every single property that is at dynamite is trying to get noticed and trying to stay relevant and trying to get entertainment, video game, TV, movie deals. That is the goal. That's why they're there. So when you align yourself with something like this, in a group of fans where the most popular comic books in the world right now are selling 100,000, just over 100,000 issues, and now you've aligned yourself with a group of fans that maybe, maybe represents, I don't know, 2%. 3%? Well, we'll go as high as 5 We'll say 5% of the comic yeah, buying populace. But about that, though, it, what kills me the most about Comicsgate is that they do all these little um, crowdfunding projects through Indiegogo oh, God. because there's very little oversight. Right. And they pull down hundreds of thousands of dollars in donations. So, big deal. But that has nothing to do with anything. The projects don't always come out. And if there was a real force here, they keep saying, we're being censored. We're being censored. We're being censored. And then when you come at them and say, look, you're not being censored. You're bad people. And we don't want to buy your stuff. They go, all right, you're going to cancel us. We're going to cancel you. Watch what happens. 
Watch what happens when we unite and nothing fucking happens. Nothing happens. They are not getting books canceled. They're not getting creators kicked off books. If anything, they're getting creators to leave companies like this and go to other companies where they don't have to work with these shitheads. Yeah. And this is, you know, classic abuser behavior when, you know, you're like, oh, you're my friend. You're my friend. You're my friend. Oh, wait a minute. You're backing down from something I want you to do. Right. Now you are my enemy and I'm going to tell everybody all of your dirty laundry. And like, I understand. Uh, and it's, it sucks. What, it sucks. And I feel for the creators involved at dynamite because I know that they just wanted to put out books. Sure. That, and that's the other side of it. That really sucks. I don't know where Jay Lee comes down on this. His name was brought up. And just this morning, uh, Tom King said, it's yeah. been brought to my attention that Jay Lee who worked on a lot of covers for these comics gate shitheads did a cover for Rorschach. And he's like, I don't get to pick this stuff. I don't like it. And I don't recognize that cover. As far as I'm concerned, this is the only cover, the one we showed. I don't, well, this was, this was yesterday. That was yesterday. And right. by the end of the day, he said that he had spoken to Jay Lee and Lee is not like, he's not on social media at all. And he was totally clueless to, about any of this, which stuff. you absolutely could be. I mean, I know plenty of people that are on social media, are comic nerds and just don't even know anything like this is going on. I mean, I appreciate that, that fact, you know, Tom King was like, as far as I'm concerned, Jay's cool. He denounces them, whatever. But I also find it hard to believe that like the second time he did a cover, nobody else in the comics industry went, Hey Jay, <laughs> maybe not. I mean, maybe he's just secluded weirdo that's working out of his house like all the rest. I mean, before even before COVID, when everyone was working from home, most of these comic professionals are working out of their house and they could be completely cut I mean, off. Just sure. I, I got I a guess. job to do. It comes in. I draw it. I send it off. I get my check. I, I barely talk to these people. Who knows? I, and I'm I mean, like, I feel bad for a guy like Jay Lee because he got grouped in for being there. And there's plenty of good people and creators at Dynamite Comics, no question. But one and, guy is making them all look like shitheads right now. And that's the well, really sad part. The real shame of it is, is that they're not all Mark Russell or Gail Simone. You know, they're not all in a position where they can quit a job and, and right. not be and just walk worried away. about it. Yeah. I, so, you know... It sucks, but as far like I'm done, I'm done reviewing Dynamite Comics. They like they have publicly and privately thrown in their support to a known hate group. Right. There's no, and again, there's if, no walking back from that. If you want to be public about it and you want to own it, fine, it's yours. You have the right to do that, and like I support your right to do that. I think you're a terrible person, and I'm not going to buy your shit. But you have that right. Nick Barucci is trying to play both sides. He's trying to actively help these people out and maybe he it's because he completely agrees with them. Sure seems like it from all the evidence we just talked about. But then in public, he goes, no, no, I would never. I No, we didn't do that. No. I mean, you can't have it both ways. You pick a side, Nick. That's where it's got to be. And either come out against this shit and get rid of these assholes that are acting this way or embrace it and let us know. That's all I ask. As far as I'm concerned, they've embraced it. So sure as hell seems like it. So screw you, Dynamite Comics. Have fun printing the uh, new Captain Confederacy and Super Trump. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Enough of this bullshit, Joe Patrick. Let's get to the question of the week, please. Reset this for the kids, will you? 
All right. This week's question was submitted by Trevor via the THN forums. Was anyone else as underwhelmed as I was when EA revealed their next Star Wars game, Squadrons? It had me daydreaming about all those unfinished titles from LucasArts that Disney tossed down the garbage chute. So my question is, what canceled project in any media are you still dreaming about? Now, to clarify, he uses the word canceled. We're not talking about something that came out and then was eventually canceled, like a comic book or a TV show. We're talking about a project that was announced, but then never happened. Uh, never was. Got it. Uh, something that what could have been. 402-819-4894. The phone lines are open, and if you don't call us, we don't have a show. And we'll just sit here quietly. I don't care. I'll, I'll just not talk. Don't say anything, Joe. Okay, that was a test. Please call us. 402-819-4894. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't sure I could keep that up. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you so we can talk about all these news stories. We can talk about, if you want to talk about Comicsgate, I'd love to hear about that. If you want to talk about the Comic-Con at home and how you are experiencing that, it has been weird. It's been a little weird, right? Yeah, I mean, I miss I miss not getting like, convention updates you know it's oh this has always been like like the most fun time of year for for comics stuff. definitely and it just feels for like talking comics wild and wooly you know like craziness going on and this is a little more i mean there was no way to do it like they used to and i get that but this feels yeah, just yeah. like a little more programmed and sort of you know yeah I mean, we <laughs> talked about that we talked about that though when we um oh the hellstrom trailer which I, I watched it uh, let's last talk, night. Let's talk about uh, the it, trailer for a second. <laughs> let's talk about that. <laughs> I mean, it just looked like a scary procedural detective show. Yeah. It looks like another Lucifer, which I could really care less about. It feels like whenever we don't have an idea for a TV show, but we know we want to make a TV show, we'll make it a guy that's not a cop that's working with a cop. Like, Come on. Yeah. And they're like, oh, seriously, their parents are notorious serial killers. I'm like, are they Satan? <laughs> because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's Hellstrom. Yeah. And he's not shirtless. Not into that. I wanted the actor shirtless the entire time where I was. Out. He might be shirtless eventually. You don't know. He lives in a society. I want Come him on. shirtless and barefoot. So does so does our regular Damien Hellstrom. He doesn't give a shit. He's the son of Satan. It's true. He doesn't give a shit. No. He's a bit of a hedonist, though. I kind of wish they would have just gone for it. Yeah. This, I don't know. This looks like another Lucifer. And I, I don't mean, we'll see. It was a 60 second trailer, like made for Twitter. So it was like square. Right. So that you could watch it on your phone. Like it wasn't like a real legit trailer. What is this coming out on, by the way? It's coming out on Hulu. Oh, it's the Hulu. So this is like the adult Marvel stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes This sense. is one of the 18 shows they announced uh, that's finally coming out. <laughs> Well, there was, there was a lot of shuffling of chairs before, you know, things yeah, yeah. changed uh, and switched and Disney I, bought everything and we didn't know if we were going to get any adult programming and I don't know. Uh, I know that they announced that WandaVision got pushed back to spring, like maybe January. I saw which that. Is fine. Which is weird because there was like the whole thing where like we were pushing it way up because the movies got pushed back and now they're like, now we're pushing it back and the movies too. So I'm not sure what's going on there. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, DC has announced the name of, Oh, oh thank God. We saved. 
Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Patrick, who's this? Uh, not Patrick. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank, thank God. You want to talk to that? Yeah, sure. I was like, not today. Oh, please. Any day but today. <laughs> not in the mood. Uh, <laughs> when, when Patrick first alerted us to his presence, he announced that he was sweaty and only wearing his underpants. Patrick, is that still the case? Uh, I'm no longer sweaty. But you are just in your underpants. I am no longer sweaty. Oh, okay. So you're, right. you're, he's nude, is what he's saying. All I needed to know. All I needed to know. <laughs> I am still in my underwear. All right. Uh, yeah, I, 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 got, I got a little uh, uh, Ring Fit Adventure workout this morning, uh, which naturally I just do in my underwear because I'm in my own house, so why wouldn't I? So Fair enough. Sure, yeah. Uh, Getting you, you, came, you came on just as I was, I was sitting down for my, my cool down before I jump in the shower, so... That's awesome. Yeah. Getting swole. What do you I can appreciate that. Yep. That's why you call swole cast, I want to set right? the scene in your mind when you're, when you're talking to me, you know, <laughs> let your imagination run wild. Yikes. Yeah, I think of Patrick and his mad gains. <laughs> <laughs> Was there anything uh, that you wanted to talk about that wasn't ring fit or underwear related today? <laughs> uh, well, so I, I don't have a, an answer to your question of the week because I, I sort of famously uh, don't really pay attention to uh, media, Fair like enough. entertainment media. Uh, so I don't know of, which is actually kind of nice because I don't know of things that got canceled that I would want have wanted to, to have. Uh, I, I, I don't do it for comics. I don't do it for anything. I don't do speculation. I don't do that stuff. Cause I, I like to be surprised when it actually comes out. So I just kind of turn that off. Um, so yeah, I don't have a, an answer for that. Um, I don't know. I, I, well, thanks for your call. We yeah. appreciate it. Uh, have a good weekend. Uh, Put some damn clothes I, on. I mean, I could. I, uh, I've been. I've been reading. Uh, continue to read fun old stuff. Uh, I'm reading through the '90s Namor, uh, which is. Uh, oh, super when fun. he was a businessman. Yeah. Well, uh, not anymore, man. Uh, so. Speaking got, of Jay so Lee, it, that was Jay Lee, wasn't it? Later on, yeah. Later on, uh, okay. Yeah, issue 26, it became Jay Lee, uh, which is, so issues one through 25 were John Byrne, like written and inked. Right. Or, or, or drawn. And it was fantastic. It was so, so good. And then issue 26 hit, John Byrne's still writing it. Jay Lee is drawing. And like the 90s switch just got turned on. Oh, yeah. Like it, <laughs> uh, it, it is drastically different. Uh, uh, is that I, is like, that when he became Namor the Savage, or did that come later? This is getting into that, yeah. So at the at the end of issue twenty five, his like mind got wiped, and he got sent off like some random place. He doesn't know who he is, but he's all like savage and crazy and whatnot. Like it's, I mean, it's a perfect nineties switchover. But like you read issues one through twenty five, like this is just really really good. The art is the John Byrne art is beautiful. It's not yeah. like the nineties craziness. It's like things are somewhat proportioned normally. Uh, but in that, in that I'll, I'll, I'll post uh, pictures on the, the fan page of just like the difference be just between those two issues. Oh it's yeah. Insane. It's like, it's, they were like, you know what they, this needs to sell. I think we know what the problem is. There's not enough pink and black on the page to like, that's the yeah. problem. This was definitely like a, a lot. Uh, so in which is one through 20, like, yeah, she's, you know, sexied up a little bit. Oh, but man, 26 on, 
it's like all the women have, have like the 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 uh, floss string bikini. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Man, the, the Evangeline like, I, broke back poses. Oh yeah, broke that. Yeah, it's like I should be able to see the 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 rims of her butthole. Right? It's like there's no, <laughs> there's no. It is literally a line. Right. Uh, but it's it's still been fun. Uh, and then I just started reading. I just finished my my runs of both. Uh, what if volume one and two? So nice. I'm starting that and I've got to the first two issues and man, that stuff is fun. It's so much fun. Those, those early, even the early what ifs. Yeah. Oh uh, uh, yeah. I was such a huge fan of, of the second volume of what if, cause I totally missed out on the first. Uh, yeah. I still, I still really th- think fondly of those nineties. What if comics. Speaking of yeah. like nineties uh, comics, it didn't make much sense. Corey Michaels in the, chat right now and he said he started rewatching the max again never read the comics should i i would say no you don't need to read them but look at them they're very pretty to look at if you read the max comics you may be upset that there is no story here <laughs> because <laughs> there's not <laughs> there is no uh, fucking story <laughs> one one does not actually read the max right. one only experiences the max yeah the max is <laughs> the max is for looking at and that's about it <laughs> sam keith man he yeah, like was, that's pretty much the 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 byline for or the tagline for any sam keith's solo project for the most part yeah like i if you bring sam keith is in as an artist okay I'll, yeah let's do this do i want sam keith to write that batman max crossover no <laughs> no i don't think i do <laughs> stay in your lane sam exactly stay in your lane. <laughs> Just draw weird pictures. That's all we need. <laughs> yeah. Man, Patrick, you really got me. I wish I had more time to like go back and read old comics. Uh, because time, I would man. love to revisit those Namor issues from the first two years. I mean, you can do yeah, that. Yeah, oh, they're, they're, they're great. And I, I mean, I, I, they're, not really, they're not worth anything, so I would have no problem lending them to you. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that they're on the, the Marvel Unlimited app. Gotta be. Um, oh, sure. Got which, it. Which okay. I yeah, it, it's genuinely good. Like I, I picked that up that because that was I, I started that run when all the COVID stuff started happening and there weren't new comics coming out. Like I want to be able to support local shops still. I still want to give them money. So I, I just put up together a bunch of runs. Like I put the uh, Namor run, a uh, 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 Darkhawk run, all that stuff, just to you know support the store uh, stores and whatnot. Yeah. Just finding stuff that I, I felt that I could probably complete fairly easily wasn't there uh, and i got it as sort of like, like oh, this is going to be awful and then i started reading it and then it was i mean like genuinely super super great um and 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 then the 90s really hit and now, <laughs> <not bad. laughs> all right uh, i had i had one random issue of that of that early run uh that was the um the return of iron fist from the dead i had no idea that he had actually died yeah. Uh, oh, prior like to that, like Iron Fist had been dead. In that, like, why is this not happening in an Iron Fist book? Like, it's this seems pretty important. <laughs> well, Iron Fist didn't have a book at the time. Yeah, well, yeah, Iron Fist yeah, had I, been I, I gone for Man years. I think. At yeah. That point. Yeah. And I, uh, I think the idea it was they were like trying it turned to bring into something back. A, half, maybe? A, half, a halfway Iron Fist book, uh, <laughs> and I'm not sure why. That seemed like it should be like the beginning of a new Iron Fist series or something. Like, yeah, he kind of, it was it was kind of strange. It was good though. Yeah, yeah. Well, Patrick, we got somebody else and, that's actually trying to call, so I'm going to cut you off here. Right. But thank you for saving well, the show. We appreciate thank it. Thank you, Patrick. Yep, so I'm here. 
402-819-4894. The phone line is open. I saw you trying to call. Call me back. I have a feeling at that time, uh, John Byrne was still writing it, right? Submariner? John. He was yeah. Mm-hmm. And John Byrne was like, I want to do an Iron Fist book. And they were like, no. And he's like, I'm going to do it anyway. What do you think of that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was so weird because it's like the villain was the super scroll. And it's like, wait a minute. What the, the super scroll? What's he doing here? Uh, and you know that Jay Lee uh, shit was a direct response to hook hand Aquaman. Oh, without a doubt. No question. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Everybody back then. Well, and they were responding to image comics at the same time. So thank you for calling THN cover to cover caller. Who this? Hey, it's Jason Sachs. Good morning, Jason Sachs. How are you today? Hello. Good morning. It's freaking early. I don't know why you guys talk so early. Well, it's not that early like here. We live in the future. You, you're you like, you are it, way back. It's almost lunchtime here, Jason. Yeah, you live in the past, way are back you, in time. Are you you're saying I live in the, uh, you know, that totally fits me, too. That's kind of <laughs> scary how right on the mark that is. Well, we know you pretty well. So, <laughs> What did you want to wrap so about I today? A, so I got a story about great unpublished uh, comics. Oh, awesome. Which is which is all about me because I love talking about me. <laughs> so we love it when you talk um, about you. <laughs> so I have a uh, great unpublished comic series. I actually have sitting in my garage, all four issues of my mini all laid out, drawn um, text on storyboards. I just need to and get it published. Um, and it's part of this larger whole storyline that I've created around these characters. I've just never gotten around to actually finishing the thing. What is the problem? Um, it sounds like you're all, you're 99% done. I'm lazy. I'm the laziest <laughs> guy, you know, you can't be lazy. If you are writing historical <laughs> books about comic books. Okay. I have three of your books. These are not written by lazy people. Right? <laughs> oh yeah. I was just, I was just talking to Don McGregor this morning. We we're going to do Don McGregor conversations finally. So oh, nice. Gonna, yeah. That is very cool. Yeah. So I'm going to get that done. Um, why did it never come out? Cause I just never got around to it. Jason. Come on, man. <laughs> Good Lord. We're supposed to be adults here. It's these kids that are supposed to be lazy, all right? <laughs> so are you going to? Is there a plan? Are you going to finish this or what? Well, I guess if, if my friends are pushing me to do it, I, I should do it. <laughs> the problem is that, like, my buddy penciled it, and I was going to ink it. And the first issue I inked, and it just doesn't look very good. Because I'm not good at that stuff. Like, no. I thought I was better than I was at that stuff, than I am at that stuff, actually. I know a guy who could like, probably do a pretty hard. good job on it. It's actually hard. I, we know this guy. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's also on the phone with you right now. And uh, he's got <laughs> some talent. You should throw some well, shit it, his way and see if he could ink it. I'm just uh, saying. Well, uh, his I name mean, is me. You know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh, Matt. Yeah, it's Matt yeah, Bomb. It's Joe Matt Patrick. Bomb. I can't ink more of this shit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what? Uh, so, like, what's the what's the what's the gist of the comic? Unless you want to keep so that I've a secret. Been, no. So I've been working on this character for years now called Dynamic Dynamo. So here, this whole complex backstory, but basically, this is a four issue arc around. The uh, a, a character who's a high school student um, turns out uh, in this high school there's this massive problem with drugs. Turns out that the there's a big organization behind the infiltration of drugs into his school. One of his friends comes into school one day 
collapses at his feet at the at lunch and basically dies in front of him. So he goes home. He says, Mom, what should I do? What should I do? Mom said, well, I have a secret to tell you. And the secret is that for a short time, 15 years ago, before he was born, um, she was a superheroine. And she has a suit that uses magnetic ley lines of the earth to uh, give give uh, magnetic powers. So they modify the suit and he puts on the powers and he starts becoming involved with fighting this uh, gang that's infl- that's infiltrating the school with drugs and slowly discovers it's a much larger problem than he thinks it is. Do you realize if you put this out, how quickly the CW would buy it, dumb it down and put out like a sexy kid version of this? Oh <laughs> <laughs> like, my God. So, so what, What's cool about it to me is it's kind of a cross between, uh, I just had this the other day, it's a cross between Starman and, um, oh, I can't think of the, what, what the other book would be. Because what happens is the book basically unfolds and it becomes this generational saga. So the wife had become the hero for a short time, gave it up when she got pregnant with him because her husband had been killed previously in this cosmic war. And it turns out that the suit had been around or the powers had been around for generations. And um, this character who we were following is from the nineties, Hoogie. Hoogie ends up being the the father of a character who gets involved in the 2010s in this larger global conspiracy. As the story happens, it opens up into this enormous uh, global or interstellar storyline. It's uh, it's Starman, a cross between Starman and and Invincible. This sounds like a ton of fun, but it's too bad we're never going to read it because you're lazy. Come on, Jason. (laughs) Hey, look, man, you know how much it costs to put out a comic? It ain't cheap. I mean, like nothing now that they're digital, right? Digital stuff's free. You just you, know, you just draw it on your computer and you throw it up there. It's free. Everybody knows that. Uh-huh. Are, uh-huh. Yeah, are, are artists free these days? Yeah, as far as I can tell. I don't know. I don't pay them. Do okay. you? <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> Podcasting is free, I guess. Podcasting is absolutely uh, free. That's why you get this level of quality because it, you're not paying for it. So there you yeah, go. Well, I know all about that myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then get that level of attention paid to it also. Sure, of course. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, I, I need to get around to re, to spending more time on this, really. You do, especially since it sounds like you've done a lot of work and then stopped. That is a damn shame. It's one thing if you have an idea and you never start, whatever. But you've done a lot of work. Come on, man, finish this. All right, uh, don't, per, don't berate the guy. No, I'm going to browbeat him until it's done. There we go. You need someone to scream at you and make sure it gets done. So every time you call, I'm going to go, Jason, how much progress did we make this week? <laughs> and, and I'll say none. And and then, I'll, just, I'll just be embarrassed every sounds time like a, then I'll put a Sounds like a great excuse for Jason to never call again. I'll so put way a to little go. frowny face on the chart instead of a happy face oh, that day. Geez, <laughs> so there you go. The, the secret motives are coming through. All right, Jason. Well, we got Jason, some other people trying to call again. in, man. So I'm, I'm going to let you go. All right, talk to you later. Get to work. All right. Bye, Jason. <laughs> all right. See ya. 402-819-4894. I kind of sang that. That was weird. That's our phone number. Somebody's trying to call me right now. I can't tell. There's two of you that appear to be in a fight. And you're both trying to call. Oh. Ah, somebody won. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller. Who this? JD got a catch. JD, we need to talk because we pay you to get here at 11 o'clock every Saturday. <laughs> All right. And right now it is 1119. I... They 
relaxed the restrictions just enough that I got to go have breakfast with my grandma oh. for the first time since March. Okay. Well, all right, all right, I'll allow it. Crap like that might play with Joe Patrick, not with this head, okay? <laughs> hey, hey, she's 98. Yeah, Matt Bomb doesn't have any grandmas. That's right. I got rid of my grandmas. No, uh, I didn't get rid of I have one left. She's great. And I, but we can't go visit her yet, which kind of <clears> sucks. But, you know, regardless. Glad you did. That's awesome. What did you want to rap about, though? Uh, well, first of all, I want to say, Jason, I love your idea. I'm going to be in touch. Uh, there we then, go. He needs, and then, uh, he needs someone to poke yeah. him a little bit and get him moving, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I've got a, I've, yeah, I've got a thing that I think it'll work with. So Cool. But, uh, and then I, I want to talk about the answer of the week. Yes. Um, so pop culture things that uh, were rumored but never came about. Uh, so right around about the time Buffy was wrapping up uh, as a TV show, there was a rumor about a show called Ripper. Yeah, I remember that. That was supposed to yes. come out on the through bbc and it was supposed to be a prequel about giles right young punk rock giles <laughs> yeah and i'm sorry i'm here for that all day every day totally because that was the that was the whole joke like giles is this nerdy librarian type who's always trying to take care of buffy and then like somebody i can't remember who it was called him uh, it was it was, the, it was it was the guy it was the it was that uh, uh, it was Nigel. ian or whatever is his yes. name right yeah ian or something called him ripper and they were like or, or yeah what e what e do you call ethan. him <laughs> ethan yeah ethan yeah, ethan. yeah 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 because he was the guy that ran the costume shop right right yeah <clears throat> and it turned out he was like this old school british punk lunatic back in the day <laughs> well, he was basically Constantine. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> yeah, because he was he was like a punk rock, but got into the occult and was casting spells and everything. I mean, yeah. he was fucking straight up Constantine. I would love to see that. And there's no reason why we couldn't yeah. still do it. Just do it. Just do it. There's plenty of Buffy fans out there. We'd all freak out. You know, I mean, I know, on. except for except for everyone's a little 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 squishy about anything Joss Whedon's related to. So well, you know, take it away from him, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I I also want to talk a little bit about Spider Man. Uh, you guys talked in the show, uh, well, last week's cover to cover at the tail end, and then in the show both you talking about the Nick Spencer Spider Man, and I posted a thing that uh, Matt Rosenberg is jump is coming on. Hopefully, oh right, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to chime in with the whole, like, I agree with you on the Nick Spencer thing, like total snooze. I mean, it's just, yeah, meh. it's not bad, which is a shame because Chip Zdarsky and Tom Taylor have both been doing fucking amazing Spider-Man runs on, yeah. uh, yep. what was a friendly neighborhood and yeah. spectacular. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Both of those runs were amazing. And no reason why that those stories couldn't have been told in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man either. There's no reason. I know. There's, yeah, I'm having a real hard time. I, I I really feel like I'm getting dangerously close to saying that everything in Marvel should be written by either Kelly Thompson or Chip Zdarsky. Man, his, Fine. his Fine. Daredevil, I caught up on his Daredevil. <laughs> Speaking of Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil, I think Zdarsky's Daredevil was the only Marvel comic that was nominated for an Eisner this year. No, that's uh, Immortal Hulk was as well. But those were the yeah, only yeah. two, Ewing's Hulk and Zdarsky's Daredevil. Nothing else yeah. nominated. That ought to tell well, and they're the two, And they're the two best superhero books on the stand. They're fantastic. Opinion. His Daredevil yeah, yeah. is wonderful stuff that you should be reading if you're not. So good. Ugh. Yeah, he, he did something that I thought was pretty amazing, which was he did the one thing in Daredevil that I hate when they do and made me like it, which is take him out of the costume. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. I hate it when they take the, when they take Matt out of the costume, and he made me like it. And I was like, oh wow. <laughs> well, here's the biggest problem with taking a hero out of the costume: they do it too long. It's fine. Yeah. Like I'm fine with it. Like if you want to be like, oh, or switch him up. Like he's in the black costume or whatever. Like they did for a mm-hmm. while there. Do it for two or three right. issues. Totally down. Do it for a year. Yeah. And oh my God, I could not lose more interest. Like this is just, yeah. but Zdarsky did it well, for just the, the right amount of fine, time. But taking them completely out of the costume. Like I'm not daredevil. You know, that was kind of a thing. Yeah. But he did it for just the right <laughs> amount of time. But, Where, by the, yeah. He still could not resist like wrapping a torn t-shirt over his face. <laughs> yeah. and jumping well, into I crowds mean, of gunmen. Hide his identity still. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't just like but yeah, and put the, on the beer the hat with, with the kingpin. I mean, <laughs> go fight. <laughs> the way, the way chip, I mean, even evolved kingpin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just, yeah. So good. But yeah. So you're still, yeah, are you still six months behind on that one? Yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, but you're the- uh, but you have met the ultra rich, um, the strong oh, ones, the, right? The, you met those guys. Yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, the couple. Yeah, yeah, they're scary. Uh, boy, oh boy! Can, uh, like I have never rooted for the kingpin so hard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, and yeah, I cannot wait right for him to squash them Lake like House grapes. Is right at the point where. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I just said, like, I cannot wait for him to squash their heads like grapes <laughs> when this is over. Yeah, because yeah, we're right at the point at the lake house where they call him into his office, into into their office, and they confess that they know what happened in there with with the guy in the bathroom. And oh, right. that basically oh, man. they've been pulling all the strings. That's right where we are at the lake house right now. Nice. Oh, that was such a tense couple of issues where it's like, oh, shit, the kingpin is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Zdarsky's run uh, on Daredevil has been I, like, so good. And, and, like, so, I mean, no spoilers here, but you can see it from the cover and the solicits that this week's issue of Daredevil, he's back in the suit. Big time. Yeah. And it's, yeah, what, did, issue, yeah, like, 21? Yeah. So it's been almost two years. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, well, there depending was... Depending on the release, uh, yeah, and the there, rate of releases, but... There was a big COVID break thing with it, so, I mean... yeah. It's, it's, so, I mean, it's been honest, 20 I, issues. I, I liked the tactical black suit that he was wearing with Electra. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. And, yeah. and I also really love the fact that he stopped using the baton and went to the straight up bow staff. Yeah, I like yeah. that too. <laughs> I mean, I, I love the tonfa sticks or whatever you want to call it, the batons. But batons. Yeah, but that bow staff was really cool. <laughs> uh, I mean, and, and Spider Man you know, coming to I, him and being like, fucking stop it. Yeah. Stop it or I'm going to stop I miss, you. <laughs> I miss the cane. Like with the with the with the with the hook handle grappling <laughs> oh, hook, just like at the full on hook, and then you like, yeah, that was like my yeah. favorite thing. Where it's like the Marvel handbook was like, no, I promise he can straighten it out into a staff if he wants to. Right, it's a it's you a know? hooked cane. But then what is it made out of yeah. bendy straw? But you also have the panels of him like whipping around a flagpole with yeah. the cane. Know. You know, <laughs> I know that was the best. I loved it. Yes. <laughs> Oh man! I'm just I'm, I freaking love Daredevil. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he he's he uh, he's my favorite non mutant Marvel character. 
Yeah, I've been on record. He is my favorite Marvel He's up there for sure with yeah. me. Like Daredevil yeah. and Wolverine have always been like my two favorite Marvel characters. No question. Yeah, minor for, for me to minor not Daredevil Spidey, and Nightcrawler. Like Daredevil right now. Ugh. Love Nightcrawler. Has well. there ever been a has there ever been a crossover meeting with Daredevil and Nightcrawler? I don't think so. Hmm. Not that sticks out of my head anyway. I really I just, I can't I just really want, recall I just want to know what Matt's reaction to the brimstone would be. Oh yeah. If you hear oh, yeah, like, right. yeah. he just passes out every time teleport. Please, you've got to stop doing that. Jesus. <laughs> Wakes up and vomits, you know. <laughs> well, I mean Lo- I mean Logan always complains about it. So. Right. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We got somebody else trying to get in here, JD. It's good to talk to you, brother. Thank you for calling. All right, talk to you later. We'll talk to you soon. All right, get at Jason. 402-819-4894 is your phone number. I saw you trying to get in here and JD defeated you. I'm not sure who you were. So give us a holler. Otherwise, we are going to move on to the voicemail portion of the show. But we would like to hear from you first. So give there us a squaller. <laughs> Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who this? It's Brian Domingo. Good morning, Brian Domingos. How are we? What's going on, guys? We're kicking it. We were talking Daredevil. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It was one of the, one of two Marvel comics that received an Eisner, Eisner nomination this year. Only two. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Like it's for some reason, like the only one that continued to publish during like the, um, quarantine stuff. Like we got, we've, I think we've had one or two issues. Yeah. Um, where some of mm-hmm. them just aren't putting books out anymore, which I find mind boggling, but, um, yeah, you know, we got the Hulk. Still they, too. They're, we got Ewing's Hulk as well. They put out. A uh, I, they right. walked back the decision on some of those. I know that they're going to go back, and uh, Valkyrie's going to start coming back out. And uh, there was a couple more yeah. that I'm blanking on, but like the the ones that they did, they just decided to stop printing. <laughs> they they've thought better of it. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, it's. I mean, this their publishing plan is just. Like even like in July and August, they're like, yeah, we have nothing coming out. We got empire. Enjoy empire. Like, okay. Like it's, I've never seen a, like the Marvel's pamphlet, like their book would have been not worth printing because it's like <laughs> 11 pages, All right. of, you know, 90 pages of, yeah. Um, so I finished, um, because I, I have children and I'm, I'm in a, uh, my own little lake house situation. Um, I finished finally, uh, the HBO Watchmen show, uh, last night. Oh, look at you. How do you feel? Nice. Um, I found it like, like I didn't realize that I need that. Like my heart needed it so much. Right. Um, I like, I sat like nearly clutching my chest through the last like five episodes, like just like completely engrossed and, blown away and the looking glass episode and the yes um oh my god you know the, the memory pill episode yeah. and the um like the the one like the eighth one where you you know you find out what john's been up to and it's like just breathtaking yeah like i i cannot believe that they did that on television and like you know when when he says like you know, it's 1959 and I'm like, yes, it is. I'm, it's like, I, time is a flat circle and I'm feeling everything at the same time. Oh, yeah. Like it's, <laughs> it's wonderful. It was great. Um, and it's, it's, and so I was, I was listening to your, um, episode, I think last week about, um, the Rorschach comic mm-hmm. 
And um, I know, Matt, that you are anti-creator rights. Yeah, um, absolutely. I just, just, you heard it here um, first. Chain them, <laughs> chain them down, make them I, work. That's all I care. They can eat Matt when they're done. A, <laughs> Matt made a, a, lot of, um, a lot of really hot takes. I like them all. Um, that's why I tune in. Um, but um, the, it's, I feel like, like I understand where Alan Moore is coming from. I completely get it. Like Same he here. feels betrayed and wronged. But I'm watching the... I'm watching people on this show in this universe wearing Dr. Manhattan masks and like celebrating him, like the liberate, you know, quote, quote unquote, celebrating him, the liberation of Saigon and like all that stuff. And like, it's like, like it's bigger than Alan Moore. Like it's just, it's bigger than him. Right. Like it, and it's one of those things like he, um, like I get it. And I know that he, and I read that I went and found the article that, that Joe had mentioned about the, um, it was actually a panel that Neil Gaiman hosted that had the two of them talking about like the contract, um, in the comic oh, yeah. journal, it was like a, a transcript. Um, so, cause I, I wanted to read it and like, okay, what did they say and what were they thinking and what were they feeling? And, um, like Dave Gibbons is in, you know, he's taking the money and he's happy to have his name on it. And I'm sure like, there's no way he can't be proud of the show. Sure. No, because I, it's yeah. not, schlo- it's, it's not schlocky and it is like, it is the, I don't know, this, like, these words aren't enough. It's the best you could hope for for this sort of thing. Like, it is so far out of the realm of Without question. Like, what, we, what, what we deserve as, as people who have enjoyed Watchmen. And, like, it's just I can't believe how good it is. And um, I get like, and the, what Joe had yeah. said about how in that panel they were like, well, it's not like they're going to have them crossing over with Batman or anything like that. And then they turned right around and they did that. But I would still argue we really liked that comic as well. I mean, it came out, it ended great. Like gave us chills. Joe cried when he read part of it. You know, <laughs> I mean, it was really well. I done. mean, I did. I did. When yeah. they were like, yep, the JSA yeah. is the Mon Pa Ken are back. The JSA are back. The Legion's back. Everything's back. You guys did it. We right. did it. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I, I liked what they were doing. I kind of was like, I don't, I, it, it almost felt like I shouldn't be enjoying this. Like I, you know, I, I get it. Right. I know that this right. is sacrilege. I felt like I should be end, enjoying like, it. Yeah. <laughs> by the end, it was like, fuck it. I don't care. This was exactly right. This was the, you know, when he's like, oh, I pushed the lantern a little bit closer. It's, you know, it's 1941. Like yeah. he's jumping in and out and like it, it, that worked. But like the, the, the television show is, Cause there's adaptations. Like I haven't watched old guard yet, but um, I know you guys loved it and I'll, I'll watch it at some point, uh, probably within six months. That's my, <laughs> my time frame. But um, the, like, that seems like a good adaptation, but like, like the Watchmen TV show is so much more than it's not an adaptation. It's no, like, and it's it not even a, like a yeah. love letter. It's it was like, a new I story. I can't put into words what it is. Um, but I just, I felt such like, it, Cause it's not even like, Oh, it, it's taking some themes. Like it's more than that. Like when you find out what Adrian's been doing, yeah. wh- where he is for one, cause he's not where you think yes. he is, who those right. people are, why they've been doing it, what the catapult plan has been the entire, like all those things and it comes together and you see it in the last episode. And it's like, mu- and you know, to quote, um, Angela, um, a bar motherfucker, <laughs> you fucking knew the whole time. Yeah. You, fuck, you, you, you people knew exactly what you were doing yep. and it wasn't like, Oh, that was clever. Like, yeah, no, it was a perfect landing. And I've, I've like never, I don't know. I feel like I've never experienced a perfect landing like that before. Like it just completely, 
blew me away in every part. And um, so seeing like the, like, it's like, yeah, these things shouldn't exist. And yeah, I get that Alan Moore is really upset, but like he wrote something that is so important and so powerful. And also he co-created and that's part of the creator right thing too. It's like, right. Dave Gibbons wants to get paid. He want you know, that's the other, he, and has, that's he said another that part little, of this argument he said that, in that interview, like they paid us a lot of money. That's another part of this argument that I don't think gets brought up enough. And again, I'm on Alan Moore's side and I agree with what Alan Moore is saying. He's also completely divorced himself from the situation and there is no discussion. He's out. He's gone. Fuck off. Well, what do you do when your co-creator is like, I don't feel the same way? What does that mean? Like, nobody's mad at Dave Gibbons. No one is going to say, screw you, Dave Gibbons. I can't believe you would make this decision. Right. No one has said that. And, I, you know, I'm not saying it makes it good or bad, but it certainly makes it a gray area, perhaps, because Dave Gibbons is getting yeah, paid for this stuff. And maybe he, well, this is the it, only way Dave Gibbons gets to have the life he wants to have. Because while he was famous and did some great shit, I don't think he was a millionaire. I don't think his comics work, right. you know, set him up with the ability to retire, right? Probably not. Exactly. So, yeah, no, I, so it's, yeah, no, I, I yeah, I, I think it's like, it's like, this is a huge slam to creator rights and it is, but it's a co-creator ship. Right. Like, and so it's like, I, I feel like that's that like Watchmen by Alan Moore with Dave Gibbons. Right. Like that's kind of what's like Alan Moore's Watchmen. It's like, well, how, what does creator rights mean to you? Like, is it the right, is it the most angry right creator or is it like the creative team and like all those things? So yeah. like there's, I, I can like Dave Gibbons could not, I, I can only imagine that he's like proud of it. Like it's, it's such like a, Look what! Look at this thing that that you did, and look what is here now. And it's vastly different, but it's so immensely powerful and like important. And like it, you know, like that. You can't watch that like the hooded justice episode and not feel all the feelings. Like totally. it, like Angela's feeling is as all these things are happening, and it's like you know, like my wife was like, I shouldn't feel this good about watching him do those things to those people. It's like, it's justice. And she's like, I know, but if it, and especially like now, like in the moment where it's like, you see the, you know, this, you know, all that stuff happening to those awful people and like shitty cops. And like, it's just like, it, it was a perfect timing thing, but yeah. my God, like, like Alan Moore, sit down and watch it. I'm telling you, well, like the, he might feel differently. That's, and that's, <laughs> I know he, I know he never will, but like, right. you know, he doesn't have to read the Rorschach book. Like I'm glad Jorge Fornes is doing artwork because he's amazing and fantastic, but I don't think, I don't know what they're going to do with that. And that's a separate thing, but God, the TV show, it's like, do you think there's unstoppable any other property and creator like Watchmen and Alan Moore? Do you think there's any other property and creator like that, that are at the tip of the spear of this argument? in a similar situation. Cause I can't think of another one like Joel and Jerry, the Siegel and Schuster obviously got screwed out of Superman stuff, but their name is now on everything. And I think DC tried to make good with some of that stuff because there was a dialogue there. It was after they were dead. Don't get me wrong. That sucks. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> you know? DC will never, DC will never fully repay the Siegel and Schuster families no. for what they've contributed to the company. But I don't think there's um, another argument this public and this big with this much, you know, fanfare 
for the property <laughs> either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people, people, so bizarre. people kind of go into this sort of stuff with blinders on sometimes, you know, like, like I love Superman to death. He's my favorite character. And yet I knew in the back of my head that this multinational corporation totally dicked over two teenagers from Cleveland during the depression. Completely. Like I'm the biggest Captain America and Thor fan. And I love the fantastic four. And guess what? Jack Kirby never got fairly paid for that shit. He didn't Uh, like, and you know, Batman, I just watched, um, what did I watch? What was I watching? Uh, it's irrelevant. I, I, I was watching a movie on, uh, Hulu and the next thing that came up in the autoplay was Batman and Bill, the documentary about Bill Finger, about Bill Finger. Yeah. About the guy, about the writer who made it his life's mission to get Bill Finger credit for Batman decades after his death. We were also not going to hear people making the argument that we should not make Batman movies. We should not make Superman movies. We should not make more Marvel movies. You, you don't hear that argument. We only hear this argument, but, it like, seems, when it comes up with Watchmen. But when you, but when you, wa- like, when you watch that Batman documentary and you realize DC Comics actively participated in lying and hiding yeah. this guy's contribution to Batman, and he died penniless. Which is even worse than Alan Moore. That's even worse. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, it's, it's just like, markedly worse, I would hey, say. You, get, you know what? Hey, boy, all three of these stories are about DC Comics, so I guess I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> yeah. I have some very complicated feelings to unpack. Exactly. Let's, get, let's move on. Yeah, that's, that's my point. I just feel like Watchmen is in this weird, messy place where we all agree, man, that show was great. I, I can't believe DC pulled off that last story where they combine Watchmen into the DC universe. And at the same time, we feel like we shouldn't be enjoying this because of creators' rights. But at the heart of it, guess what? All your favorite characters were ripped off from somebody. They all were. Every single one of them. So <laughs> what do you do? I will, just, I will just say this is where I think Doomsday Clock was like... I, I feel like, and it's weird to say this, like a special case where it's like, it was, it was done in that, like, I don't know. And I know I'm making an excuse because it fixed all those things that I love. So th- that's the thing, but watching like the, the, uh, the death metal stuff is just, I don't understand. And I, I, I don't know, like the doctor, like Dr. Batman, like, Hatton the, the Batman Hatton who laughs like it's too much. I can't like that's, that's yeah. enough. Like yeah. that's, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Watchmen babies. Like, what are we doing? Like this is, it is. Yeah. V for vacation. Like, watching, like, that's also it's, the it's difference like, between and, Jeff Johns and Scott Snyder. And it's very apparent. Yes. Well, that, <laughs> that is, a, yeah. And yeah, it's, it's one thing. It's one thing to, yeah. Like doomsday clock is one thing. It was kind of a reverential, it was reverential in its way, uh, you know, to that world and, and to the character of Dr. Manhattan. And now we're commodifying him and making him the, uh, the, the main villain of the DC universe and the biggest event of the year. And it's just like, you guys are really tiring me out. Yeah. I, I, I cannot wrap my head around what's going on. Well, especially when they got, they literally accidentally got away with making a great 
<laughs> crossover with this. And now you're going to try and thread that needle again. But fuck threading the needle. We're going to do it in a monster truck rally with vampires on, you know, like. <laughs> I think, I, I think literally there is an issue coming up where, where Batman or Superman is driving a monster truck. Batman is driving a monster truck. Yes. I'm not making that up. Yeah, it, <laughs> okay. No, it, it is, it is very, it is very dumb. Yeah. It's a very dumb thing. And I, and, and I, I think that Scott Schneider and Greg Capullo, like, it's one of those things where it's like, look how much fun they're having. It's like, you know, we're not having as much fun as you guys. Right. right. Like they're, this is, this is not as like, like, it's like, when, it's like they're guys, definitely having we, a good time. No question. <laughs> well, I guess, but it, it's also that like, you know, Greg Capullo is like, it's so metal, man. And it's like, I don't know, Matt, if that offends you internally, but it offends me internally. It, like yeah, it, it does a little metal, bit. This is really metal. Because like, DC, well, no, like, no. It's, it's cheesy. DC it's is doing a fantastic. Guitar, like with, you know, Pointy guitar body, shitty, like it's, distortion, uh, it, awful, it, it cheesy been hair band a, metal. Like that's not good. Yeah, metal. Dark Knight's like, hair no, metal. No, no, no. Here's what it, it's not even hair metal. Here's the difference. It's technical. It's like technical death metal or technical speed metal, where it's super polished and super yeah. clean, but it's hard. You know, and like the art is totally sexy, and you can't deny it, bro. You know, like okay, I get it. If you want to read like a fucking heavy metal yeah. comic that's coming out from DC right now. Wonder Woman Dead Earth is like grindcore. Right. It's terrifying. Oh, man. It, yeah. They should have had Daniel Warren Johnson do Death excellent. Metal. It's fucking excellent. Yeah. And no, that is like a vision of yeah. like, it's like dark DC future that I can get behind because it's inspired and it's well-written and the art is intense and it's a good story. Death Metal just feels like, what do you think we can get away with this month? <laughs> you know, like, what do you, what do you, no, well, we can't but, do that. Or that's what we're doing. All right, like, let's see if we can fire. It feels like two, <laughs> two 50 year old guys being like, you know, it would be cool. Exactly. Like, yeah, I guess like, I a don't dinosaur know. dinosaur like, with Batman like inside of it. Like, <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. Like Batman rides. Wait, I'm like sorry. A, a robot guitar. dinosaur like, with yeah. Batman. Yeah, it's a robot dinosaur with Batman inside of it. Let's, let's get it correct. Brian, we got to yeah. get moving here. Thank you for your call. Good to talk to you. And I'm glad we worked through all those feelings. That was good. Yeah, I, I feel. Oh, I, still have, uh, I still have the feelings, but yeah. <laughs> but I feel I feel a real sense of catharsis. Yes, definitely. We cathartic. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Thanks. We'll talk to you later. Bye. 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 Yeah, I really it all over the place. Yeah, it's disgusting. I'm sorry you had to listen to that loud, rattling yeah. cathart. <laughs> all right we gotta wrap it up because i got to go pick up my dog okay first of all we need to talk about what's going on in the chat right now because there's some serious stuff that got laid down uh there's some serious stuff that got laid down serious stuff that got laid down about the x gene mm. on the planet earth in marvel and i read it all right yeah and now so i frank, need to fucking know <laughs> <So>. <laughs> frank cirillo frank cirillo uh we were talking about I don't even remember how we got on the subject, but he says, I thought everyone in the Marvel universe was a mutant, uh, but it's just that their mutant gene it may or may not be expressed. Wasn't that like an Earth I, X thing? I, I said that I thought it was that a small percentage of humanity has the X gene. See, and I, I think he's talking about something from Earth X. And Trevor Henderson said, you might be thinking of Celestial Seed from Earth X, which in it, I believe they reveal that the X gene is the celestial seed. So, all right, let me, let me, let me drop some deep knowledge on you. Oh, there is a, a concept from deep in Marvel lore that I only learned about reading in, in the Marvel handbook, uh, where uh, 
many, many eons ago, the Celestials came to Earth and mucked around. It was either Celestials or the Kree. I think it was the Celestials. It's the Celestials. They came to Earth and mucked around with, you know, the, the proto-DNA of humanity. Right. And they unlocked the potential for all, for, for superhuman abilities. Well, it was the whole thing with the Eternals and what were the other ones? The, the, the Deviants. The Deviants, yeah. Uh, and yeah, yeah. And so um, that might be what he's thinking of. Um, but I think that's something separate from the X gene. Uh, so I don't know. I, I think there's lots of different names for it and different explanations for it. Fair enough. Um, but like, so like the, the latent, the latent potential for superhuman abilities is what's, is what allows a person to get exposed to huge amounts of radiation and not instantly die. Right. Uh, whereas the or, X gene is like, or, you're born with this. And when you turn 13, you're going to grow wings. Okay. I think you're right. I think I agree. So I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I think that all of these ideas have been tossed around in the comics in various ways and nobody's paying much attention right. to what sticks. This is a fight for um, another time. JD got a catch, uh, brings up that in the ultimate universe, uh, they explained that all superhuman backgrounds, uh, came from the weapon X project, uh, as well as the creation of mutants. That's dumb. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where like Wolverine was the first mutant and he was only born like 60 years ago. Don't or like that. Sorry. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> and it's the ultimate universe, so it doesn't count. Whatever. Thank you to yeah. everybody. Uh, Frank's, Frank's oh. going to do some hardcore research and get back to us next week. Dig into this, Frank, and get back, and we'll talk about this. This, this bears some research. Yeah, we could have spent a few minutes talking about the, uh, the Mandrake the Magician reboot, Mandy the Magician. Yeah, totally. I mean, can you believe this? Is nothing sacred? I mean, first you make Thor a girl, and now Mandrake? Jesus. <laughs> All right, let's get into this. Our first voicemails. Here we go. Uh, Chris, the British guy, Pip Pip. Hey, Christopher Bell. Hey, nerds. This is Chris, the British guy, calling in for the answer of the week. Before I get to the answer, I've got two apologies to make. First one being that I know I don't uh, contribute all that much uh, or at all. Um, I am only a casual um, reader, so I don't think I've got much knowledge to sort of contribute to the whole thing anyway. But honestly, um, the main reason is I just hate the sound of my own voice. Oh, Chris. Uh, for example, this is the <laughs> eighth Stop time that. I have made this recording. Uh, second eighth one, uh, second apology is the fact that you won't hear from me again for like another five years. So, you know, <laughs> sorry on. about that. Um, the answer of the week, by the way, the question of the week, you call them cancelled ideas. Surely they should just be aborted ideas because they never got off the off the starting line. Um, my answer is Stargate Worlds. I know it's a video game, not a comic, uh, but you know Stargate SG One, the, the and the following series and stuff that came out. I know they had their flaws, but I absolutely loved. Well, I loved SG One. The others I, I liked, um, but it. I think it hit a lot of the sort of Star Trek vibe for me for exploration, uh, which I think could have been brilliant in a game. Um, never happened, but I still uh, do fantasize about it. Uh, right, guys. Thanks very much. Pip, pip. Chris, 
never make fun of your voice. You're British, so you automatically sound 50% smarter than anyone else that calls this show. <laughs> also, because you're British, we can't understand a word you're saying, but we just sort of laugh along and go, ha ha, yeah, we're smart Chris, too. <laughs> Chris, you are beautiful inside and out. That's right. Don't forget it. Uh, but this is a Christian nation. We do not abort ideas. We force the ideas to be born. That's <laughs> right. And then we remove all support from them. Yeah. Then fuck those ideas after that. They can, like as God far as intended. I'm concerned. <laughs> right. Uh, Stargate SG one was so wonderful. I never gave a crap about any of the other Stargate shows because they were fine. I know they had fans. People loved them the same way that people love Babylon five, which I'll never understand. But, uh, SG one was so friggin good chris says in his email i don't think i got back to you about uh, your recommendations for my family christmas comic presents oh hey the, the kids both loved theirs nice uh, my brother was surprised to like his as much as he did he's a bit of a literary snob and has since read a couple more graphic novels uh, most of the others were polite enough to read them but they weren't bowled over unfortunately that said they do now occasionally ask about what I'm reading, so perhaps they were playing it cool. There you go. We've all got. I'm gonna call that a rousing success. We've all got shitty relatives. There's nothing you can do about that. That's a constant. Disown them all over the world. Yeah, screw those. Screw them. They didn't like it. Screw them. All right. Thank you for your call. Call again, Chris. Okay. I don't care what you pip, hate. Pip. We love I don't you. Care if we you hate you. your voice. We love you. And we want to talk to you. So next up. Hey, Joe Nett, Scott from Cargo Falls calling in for the question of the week, and I know, I, I haven't called in a while, uh, you know, uh, I've been busy, but um, I, I did want to give you a call and uh, let you know, I definitely have an answer for this week's question, which is, which property never made it off the launching pad? Uh, what was it, the late 80s, I believe, mid-80s? Um, you guys, obviously, I know you guys know this movie, uh, Buckaroo Bonsai was one of my favorite movies of that time period. I loved that He's movie so much. Uh, not only did it have a really kick-ass uh, science fiction story to it, but it had Peter Weller in it. It also had Jeff Goldblum in it. It had that fantastic actor John Lithgow in it. It even had Christopher Lloyd in it. It's a great film. Um, so I really dug that property. And then through Kevin Smith's podcast, I, I learned that he was actually... Um, approached to write a treatment for a television series for Buckaroo Banzai. Um, what he was going to do was he was going to just rehash the movie into like a 13-episode um, season. And then the next one was going to be the sequel that it promised at the end of the movie, where he went up against the Hong Kong uh, gang or something like that. I forget. No, it was like but, the world uh, crime. It did promise a sequel, and he was going to give it to us. And I was jazzed Syndicate. about it, but... Um, what the story that Kevin Smith tells is that uh, he asked what the, the original creators of that movie thought about this idea, and the studio that owned the rights to it told him, uh, we are not going to involve those people. And he turned around and he asked himself if somebody had tried to alter his or, or continue one of his ideas without his express consent, he probably would have felt pretty jilted by that so he turned around and uh turned down that offer from that studio and he never wrote the script for it now granted it probably wouldn't have seen the light of day even if he had written the script for it but i would have loved the scene uh, a buckaroo bonsai television so, so so guys that's it that's my answer um i'll try to call in uh more often um but 
either than that, I, I did want to guys wish you guys uh, well, and I hope you're doing well. And I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Scotty, you son of a bitch. You stole my answer, but only partially. So I'm going to say my answer still counts. Uh, it was supposed to be Buckaroo Banzai against the World Crime League was going to be the sequel. Uh. And apparently it got shelved, one, because the movie didn't make any money. And two, <laughs> because the guy that wrote it, David Begelman, who ran Gladden Entertainment at the time, it seems, I'm reading, this is from uh, figmentfly.com, which looks like it's a site from possibly, oh, this is last updated in 2016, but it looks like it was last updated in 1994. Uh, it seems like he actively blocked any attempts to produce against the World Crime League, though an interview with director W.D. Richter said investors had been willing to put up the money. Another reason given for Begelman's refusal is possibly shady business practices on his part, which he feared would have been brought to light if the paperwork for the sequel was started. So, <laughs> it's hard to know. Whoops. <laughs> At some point, personal demons decreed that he embezzle money from his own studio. So, he was embezzling. What can he do? Well, yeah, it uh, happens. That's what killed uh, Buckaroo Banzai, the sequel. Uh, that was my answer, too. But mine was the actual movie sequel, not the TV one that Kevin Smith talked about. And there is, like, a script that's out there floating around. But no, I don't think it's real. I think it was sort of like a fan-written script type thing. But in that script, like, the movie begins with Buckaroo Banzai, like, walking down the highway for some reason. And he gets picked up by Jack Burton in the Pork Chop Express. <laughs> Oh, yes, I remember hearing yeah. about this. I was like, oh, my God. It's fan service. Yeah, total fan service thing. But, like, man, Kurt Russell shows up as Jack Burton and picks up Buckaroo Banzai. I don't care if the rest of the movie sucks. I am fine with it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good call. So, voicemail. That's the last one? Yes. Yep. All it's right. James Kaplan. Google Voice. Hey guys, James Kaplan calling in uh, with an answer to the question of the week. Uh, so as far as projects that could have been and would have been great, um, the first one that comes to mind for me was maybe it was maybe three or four years ago, uh, they announced that Jonathan Hickman was going to return to uh, writing and drawing his own comic. And there was this really amazing... Uh, promo art, uh, it was called Frontier, and it was like, you know, it was a hard science fiction thing. He was writing and drawing himself, which for me is a huge selling point because, um, I mean, he's my favorite writer, and uh, Pax Romana is one of my favorite comics of, you know, like top 10 all-time favorite comic, and um, I was just super excited to see him return to, like, writing and drawing his own stuff. Um, and that one seems to have just sort of fallen by the wayside. Now, granted, look, you know, I'm loving decorum. I'm loving all the X-Men stuff. But, you know, I would love for him someday to return to uh, writing and drawing his own stuff like he did with Pax Romana and the Nightly News. Uh, also, unrelated, um, I, I, you guys may have seen it already or you may have talked about it, but um, not comics-related, but sort of comics and sci-fi adjacent Um Palm Springs is amazing. Oh, yeah. Totally see it if you haven't seen yes. it. I highly, highly recommend it. All right. Take care. Palm Springs was such a wonderful little surprise. <laughs> I watched it. I watched it twice. I, I watched it uh, two weekends ago, and then I watched it again last weekend. I, I just and, thought like, it was 
going to be the dumbest thing ever. And it turned it's, out to be a it's lovely really, little surprise. really wonderful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I might watch it again this weekend. <laughs> I remember that Hickman Frontier thing. I do remember seeing that was coming and then gone. Never heard of it. Just forget it. Hey, that's, I, that doesn't sound familiar to me at all. I don't recall it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure what happened to that. Hmm. Joe Patrick, let's get to your answer. All right. Well, I have, uh, I have two quick ones. One's a video game. Um, I remember uh, a, a few years back uh, before Infinity War came out, uh, the video game publisher THQ announced that they were mer- working with Marvel on an open world Avengers game. Uh, that was going to be produced by the team that did the Tomb Raider reboots, uh, which are amazing. Crystal Dynamics. Right. And I was thrilled. They, it even got so far as to get like test footage and character designs. And then uh, THQ, the company, had a catastrophic financial meltdown. <laughs> And the thing never got made. But and now the Avengers game that good we're getting. Good news, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Now the Avengers game that we're getting is going to be some shitty online co-op Destiny ripoff bullshit. Did you see? I can't remember who was that posted it, but they were showing like the toys from the Avengers games. And they were like, one of them was like Outback Hulk. And he's like wearing like weird, <laughs> like a big necklace. And he's painted like with Aboriginal paint and shit. And what the hell? <laughs> yeah. And somebody's like, well, if I wanted to play this game at all, that feeling is completely dissipated now. <laughs> yeah. And, like, and so, like, this new game is obviously trading on the, um, the feeling of the movies as right. far as the characters go. Right. But the character designs are so shitty. Like they're, they're not licensed. They're not likenessed from the actors, which I understand you'd have to pay them, but they are so far removed yeah. from anything good. Yeah. And like, I, I am not interested in a game that I just cannot fly around and play on my own and be Thor. If I want to, I do not need this online co-op nonsense. Well, it's not just that, but like when you have a video game and it's like, you get to play Thor, Thor is so cool. Just let me be Thor and do Thor stuff and go find Thor. I don't need to like, well, Thor time to armor up your boots with these super jet Thor boots. And like, yeah, now right. you, yeah, yeah. yeah, you've got I like, like, I don't need to grind for gear. Right. I'm Thor. I'm like, no, that's stupid. It's one thing. I'm more than, I'm more than willing to do that in another game where like my character starts with this and like, ah, shit, I need a bigger gun. I need a better right. helmet, but that character is not fucking Captain America. You know? Yeah. Like the, the Spider-Man game did such a perfect job walking that line where it's right. like, you are a scientist, and as you progress, you invent new gadgets. Yeah, you, oh, that help you out. If your you web want spinners. Them. You, you improved your web spinners. That's different. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I made a little spider tracker thing that explodes or whatever. Yeah, I, that makes sense. But it's not like, oh man, you just earned the spider robot armor that shoots lightning, and you know, like, yeah, you're like you got, uh, you've got the plus five lightning pauldrons right. to snap on the outside of your. Right. <laughs> Shut up. No, yeah, I could really care less um, about this new Avengers game. Yeah, same. Um, the other one, my big one is, of course, the new Warriors television show that was announced for Freeform. Uh, it went as far as to get a pilot made 
which I have not seen anywhere. Uh, but Freeform said, hey, sorry, we don't have any room on our schedule for it. They gave it back to Marvel Studios, uh, or to Marvel Television, rather, before Marvel Studios uh, reabsorbed it. And they just did nothing with it. I don't know if they did you a favor or not, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say they did. <laughs> Why? Like, what evidence I, do you have I don't that, they, you, that this would not have been a good show? I don't think you would have been happy. I have a feeling you would. No, I, I think it's safe to say you would not be happy with a free form New Warrior show. <laughs> Look, Squirrel Girl was going to be there. Uh-huh. Night Thrasher was going to be yeah. there. Speedball was going to be there. Man, and if it's if it's half as good as their Cloak and Dagger was. Oh, man. Whew, you would have loved it. <laughs> their Cloak and Dagger show is good. No, it was not, Joe. It yes, absolutely it, was not. It was boring. It, Their powers didn't make any sense. They turned it into a, a, a weird teen love story. No, it sucked. It Cloak sucked. and Dagger is a teen love story, you dumbass. I get it, but they did it in such a weird way. It sucked, dude. Yeah, you, you did not like it. We've talked about this. Yeah, no, I did like it. No, you did not. Get out yes, of I here. Yes, I did. Oh, my God. I mean, I stopped watching it after seven episodes. <laughs> yeah, it was so boring. Oh. <laughs> so you gave your answer then? Yeah, I will say the other thing, short answer. Last night we did an Indiana Jones double feature because they're both on Netflix. And when I watched uh, Temple of Doom and then uh, the, not the Crystal Skull, I'm sorry, the Last Crusade. Thank you. The Last Crusade. I'm drawing a complete blank. And I wa- just while watching it, I remembered, oh, shit wasn't Chris Pratt going to play Indiana Jones and like Harrison Ford went out of his way to make sure that got fucked up and didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. They were going to like reboot it uh, yeah. as a young Indiana and Jones. It, Chris, Chris Pratt, Pratt yeah. was going to be Indiana Jones and Harrison Ford being like the drunk asshole that he is is like, Nope, absolutely not. Yeah. Now <laughs> like, we're just going to get new movies with starring 80 year old uh, Indiana Jones. I would have loved to have seen that so much. And then like I did a little, cause I, I was just like, well, was there something like that? They said it was coming. They never did. But there is a deep fake out there that someone did with Chris Pratt's face on Indiana Jones in several scenes. And it's perfect. It's goddamn perfect. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you something that I was reminded of this week. Um, I'm in an, I'm in a movie group uh, on Facebook, a, a bad movie group on Facebook. And uh, a bad movie group or it's a bad movie group. <laughs> like these, like this group. It's sucks. a, it's a, it's a, uh, all right. It's a, it's a fan group for the podcast, the flop house. They review bad movies. Gotcha. And, uh, so somebody in the group, uh, revealed to the world that they made not only a third, but a fourth crocodile Dundee movie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and I had no idea. And, uh, it reminded me of the Super Bowl ad for Dundee starring Danny McBride as the son of Crocodile Oh, Dundee, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he was raised in New York City, so he's a total lazy shithead. Right. <laughs> and he had to go back to Australia, and Chris Hemsworth had to, like, save him from getting eaten by crocodiles and shit. <laughs> yeah. It all turned out to be an elaborate hoax and an ad for the Australian Tourism Board, but I wanted that movie to be real so bad. Totally. Yeah, I was in. <laughs> I was totally in. Like, yes. <laughs> all right, let's get out of here. All right, we got to get out of here. Set us up with a new question of the week first. 
This week's, nope, that's this week's. Uh, our new question of the week is a bit of a flip from Jason's question from last week, and it was submitted by Frank Cirillo via the THN forums. What nerd property as a kid did you think was stupid, but now you think it's really great? I love it. Uh, either because you rediscovered it and it has a deeper meaning than you thought, or it was rebooted into something modern and amazing. Uh, an example for him uh, is Voltron. He loves the new Voltron. He never loved Voltron as a kid. Well, sorry you had such a shitty childhood. I don't know what your uh, parents and, did to you. And he's, <laughs> he says a less obvious Voltron. answer. <laughs> a less obvious answer is the Lost in Space. Uh, he, the reboot of the Lost in Space show on Netflix. He is a huge fan. It was great. It is canceled, which is too bad because it was a great show. That sucks. Uh, guys, we are in need of question of the week suggestions, so please hit us up on the forums. Most definitely. Uh, we've got another Patreon exclusive, Casey and I, doing, I uh, believe it is X-Men Dark Phoenix is next. You guys are going to hear? Uh, that is the last one, yeah. That's the last one I've given you? Well, it's the last. It's the it's the most recent and final one, okay. but not chronologically. No, not chronologically, but that is the next one that we will be posting. We just finished the first X-Men the other day, and I think it would make her watch X2 tonight, which, as I recall, was my favorite X-Men film, so we'll see. I don't know how well it holds up, but it'll be there soon. Thank you for calling and playing, and if you want to call in, 402-819-4894 is that number. We're here every Saturday. We don't have a show without you. Tune in this Wednesday for another exciting review show. And I believe we are, what, what's the segment? It's, oh, Double Dribble. Uh, yeah, yeah. We have a review of Gene Luen Yang's Dragon Hoops by our very own Ryan Mount. The second basketball comic he has reviewed in a row. I love it. <laughs> it's great. All right. Go pick up your dog. We're getting out of here. This is the Two-Headed Nerd. My name is Matt Baum. My name is Joe Patrick. Signing off. <laughs>